Welcome to Passion Life Church. I want to talk to you about the power of and, the power of and, which is the power of Pentecost. And, you know, a few weeks ago, we had the Pentecost weekend. How many of you were familiar that the weekend of Pentecost to celebrate Pentecost? Uh, so, so you weren't familiar. How many were familiar with Memorial Weekend? Okay, so it was interesting because Memorial Weekend and the weekend of Pentecost all landed on the same weekend. And what I thought was really interesting is that no one knew it was Pentecost weekend, but everyone knew it was Memorial Weekend. And when we're looking at history, we're very thankful. I'm extremely thankful for those that have served this country, that have laid down their lives for this country. How many of you are grateful for that? It's okay to be grateful. It's okay to be even loud. It's even, it's louder is better for me. I get nervous when people are quiet. <laughs> right? <laughs> nervous, I get nervous, but when it's loud. The Bible actually is very, is, is, is nervous about when people are quiet too. The, the Bible says in heaven, there was a space of time that everything was quiet. And it was like, it was so much of an important thing that God actually wrote it down. It was, it was, everyone was quiet for this time. That means heaven is constantly full of noise, constantly full of activity and energy that it was noted we had, a, we had a moment of quiet in heaven. That was weird to God. So let's be, let's be full of energy. We're in California. I'm, in, I'm used to, like, quiet in Seattle, but not in, not in California. Not in California. All right, so on the, what I thought was really interesting on Memorial Weekend is that it was Pentecost Sunday. And in Memorial Weekend, we're thinking and we're remembering the history. We're remembering those that have laid down their lives for our history and we're very thankful. And we never want to disregard that. We never want to put that down and say, okay, this is someone laid down their lives for us to have freedom, for us to be able to fight for freedom. That's honorable. But when we don't realize that the day of Pentecost was the day that the church was started, the church is not just that we speak in tongues. It was the day that the church was started. It was the day that manifest the kingdom of God came and said, where we're going to work from, our staging place is going to be called church. That's powerful. And yet most of the people, most pastors, most Christians that I said, did you guys even celebrate or recognize Pentecost Sunday? They didn't because they don't recognize that with the day that the church started was a traumatic and dramatic day of the history of all mankind. I mean, without this understanding that the church started that day, you guys are looking at me like, wow, I want you to get this. I want you to, uh, the day the church, now remember the church is the answer of God for all humans' problems, for all the ills of the earth and all the problems of the world, all the, the, the issues, I mean, the issues that every, last night we dealt with, with you know, I spoke, I'm speaking in a, a place down south, not far from here, about an hour south. And as I'm speaking, I'm speaking on a subject that I thought was very interesting. I like it, and tonight I'll continue. But the power over devils. <laughs> and that, I didn't want to bring that here this morning. <laughs> but, but I think it's really interesting when we started preaching, and all of a sudden you see people getting released from trauma. 
trauma. People have been engaged in trauma. The devil's been causing problems in people's lives. People are, are, are stricken with anxiety, overwhelmed with sleeplessness, overwhelmed with things that have choked them out and, and control their life. And, and, you know, today, part of the thing that God's going to release in breakthrough in your life, someone's life here is that, that you have this sleep apnea. God's going to break that. That's something that should not be on your life. And God wants you to be set free. I wish I had an amen here. God wants you to be set free from everything that is not in heaven. It's not in heaven. There will be no no sleep apnea in heaven. There will be no trauma in heaven. There will be no tears in heaven. There will be no deafness in heaven. And the Bible says, as it is in heaven, so let it be here on earth. That's the way the Lord told us to pray. Pray our Father who is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Your name is exalted and lifted above every other name. As it is in heaven, let it be here on earth. Don't wait until you get to heaven to have what heaven has for you. Heaven wants it right here. Heaven wants you to have it now. Heaven wants you to have solid families. Heaven wants you to have solid families, solid relationships. And so we need to understand, so when the church was birthed, the church was birthed in a world that was desperate and had no, the, the religion, the position of religion in the in previous was just to kind of maintain people. But God has set us into a position when the church was released, and that happened on Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Day. You have to understand, it's very powerful. The, the, the history, can I give you some more history for a second, then I'm going to yell at you a little bit more. All right, so the history is very important because when the, we, we know Easter. How many of you know Easter? We won't be missing Easter. We know that that's going to come. Easter was a day of celebrating. We call it Easter. It's a day of celebrating, celebrating the Passover. You celebrate the Passover. The Passover was when uh, all the children of Israel were living in, in Egypt. They were under the Egyptian control. And what happened is that God said, I'm going to set my people free and I'm going to give them a, a way of escape. I'm going to give them an out of bondage. I think that's just so wonderful and out of bondage. And so what he did is he said, I'm going to send an angel of death that's going to come and is going to fight for your behalf to get you out of the bondage of, of the Egyptians. And what I need you to do is I need you to take the blood of, of the lamb that, and that you're going to slay. And I want you to put it over your doorpost. And when the, when the angel sees the angel of death sees the blood on the doorpost, he's going to pass over your house. Isn't that wonderful? How many of you will believe that in this season that God wants you to have a Passover? That what is happening in everyone else's life is not happening in your life. What's happening in everyone else's financial problems is not going to happen in your life. If I just had a couple more amens, I would feel like I'm in Seattle. Whatever is happening in your life, in their life, does not get to happen in your life because we have the blood of Jesus over our lives, and that means it's a Passover day. I know that the world's worried about this, and everybody's worried about the banking system, and everybody's worried about this system. I'm not worried about those systems because that's not my system. My system is a Passover system. God set his people in Goshen, and Goshen was a place that says that even though the flies are over there, as you're in Goshen, the flies don't get to come to you. Even though they're stealing over there and killing and destroying over there, you're in Goshen, it doesn't get to come. Someone say, I'm in Goshen. Come on, agree with me for a moment. Don't be hard to get. I know you're in a new, com- new uncomfortable space, and I'm more uncomfortable because it's new, new to me. 
But you have to be okay with the fact that here, we're not in Goshen. I'm trying to give you the promises of God to know that you have a life that is protected life, a life that is, that is saved life. A life that is separated. And, and this, this Pentecost, this, this time of Passover was the time that they released. They, were ste- they stepped out of Egypt and then for 50 days, it's called counting of the Omer. The counting of the Omer, it's not 50 day countdown, it's a 50 day count up. So you count first day out of, out of bondage, then the second day out of bondage. And they're recognizing that they have these days out of bondage, free of bondage for 50 days. Then it comes to this 50th day, which is the, the number of pent, a Pentecost, or 50. Pent, a Pentecost comes from 50, right? 50 days. On the 50th day, there is a release. That's 40, 47, 49, sorry, 7 times 7 plus 1. That's the Jubilee. You guys tracking with this? Fun. The Bible's fun, right? So 7 times 7, 7 times 7 is the perfect number of complete freedom. You go 49 days, you get one more day, and you step into a new beginning, you step into a new beginning. How many of you ready to step into a new beginning? The new beginning for God was to release the church in the earth so that you don't have to wait for something to give you a breakthrough, that you now have the power of breakthrough. All right, so we're, we're in this day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, back, from, back in the day when, in history, they walked, they walked out of Egypt for, 50, for 49 days. They come to the 50th day. God's doing a new beginning. And he, said, he has this encounter that he's coming from the mountain of the Lord, and he's walking down to the people in the mountain of the Lord. You see that this is the day when he first gives the Ten Commandments. He gives the Ten Commandments. That's the day of Pentecost. In the, that's the day of 50. He gives the Ten Commandments, and he comes down. And the Bible, in actually he, uh, Jewish writings say that when God descended off of the mountain, there were lightning, angels of lightning bolts and fire, and there were, the mountain was full of tongues, languages. They was full of light. Now, this is in the Old Testament references. So on the day of Pentecost, you guys are still looking at me like we're in class. Are we in class? Is this okay to be in class? You, so you have to understand, now on the day of Pentecost, God does the same thing. The Holy Spirit comes out of heaven, kicks the doors open, comes in, the wind comes into the room, the fire falls upon each and every person's head, and their languages change. You're tracking with me? This is beautiful. And he says, this is how I'm starting the church. I'm starting the church with new beginnings. Every single week you come to this church, you should come expecting a new beginning. The reason we do church is to expect a new beginning. We know what happened in your past. We know that you were a, no head, a knucklehead and no good. We already know that. You don't even tell me, need to tell me your story. I can look at it and see it. But the fact is, okay, you got it. But the fact is, is God wants to give you a new beginning. It's not about your old life. It's about the new life. What's going to happen from this day forward? What's gonna, we're going to have a passionate life. It's amazing that you can have such an incredible name, Passion Life. If you're happy and you know it, yes, yeah. If you're happy and you know it, let your face show it. I just want to skip all the way down to it. I want to just get... You need to understand that we are, in the, we, are in the, we are the church. There is nothing more powerful than the church in the earth. Nothing more powerful than the church. So when you realize that the point of Pentecost... Is, is the fact that God wants to bring new beginnings, not just that we speak in tongues. When someone says, well, what denomination are you? I'm charismatic. Are you Pentecostal? Do you speak in tongues? Well, we make it about speaking in tongues, but it's not really about speaking in tongues. It's about much more. It's about the manifestation of new life. 
the manifestation of something new coming to you. And do you speak in tongues? Yes, I speak in tongues. I'm going to speak in tongues today. And if you're not used to it, you'll, you'll think it's weird. But the fact is, is I speak in tongues because the power of new life comes upon me and comes into me when I have the language that's from heaven. The Bible calls it the language from above, the power from above, the language of heaven. And the church, it's funny, in America is the only church, the only American church is the only church that's not growing in its Pentecostal experience. Outside of America, Pentecostalism is growing. It's growing. It's increasing. People are getting more engaged. But in America, we're trying to hide the Holy Spirit. And I'm saying it's enough of hiding the Holy Spirit, but letting him come in, kick the doors open, let the fire fall down, and let the glory of God come in so we can have a new life, a new start. We've been hiding the change agent. We've been hiding the one that transforms the world. We've been hiding the one that sets the captives free. I've seen people who are abusers set free in a moment by the power of the Holy Spirit, and their abuse leaves them, and they never abuse again. You can't get that through 16 hours of counseling. You get that with an encounter with a living God that says, I want to give you a new start. I know that that's who you used to be, but today something new is going to happen for you. We need to be back. We need to get back to Pentecostal church. Church of expectation. I'm telling our church, I'm saying you need to come in every week not knowing what's going to happen. If you think you know what's going to happen, you're going to miss out. If you think you know what's going to happen and you can just watch through the view, viewfinder, you need to understand that there's going to be a release of power in the service and your life is going to be changed. The thing you've been hoping to happen, the thing you've been waiting to happen, the thing you've been praying to happen could happen today if you have enough expectation. I am going to preach like you are listening. I want you to understand. God wants you to have a new life. We must revive and revisit the Pentecostal experience in this postmodern church. Postmodernism is destroying the release of God. God sent a church to be modern forever. The church doesn't have an expression date expiration date of its expression. Well, that's old school. No, there's no old school. If God can set you free from your whatever you're dealing with, do you know that that's relevant? It's not relevant just because we have the right smoke and the right then. It's relevant because we have the right power, the power to really set the person free. I'm going to be real today. I may never get invited back, but I need you to understand this. I need you to understand this. We are here to set the captives free. We're not here to appease their captivity. I find that the churches that are trying to appease a person's sin is doing it because they don't know how to set them free from their sin. Is that all right? All right, well, we're getting closer. So let's go do what the message is. That was my precursor. Acts chapter 2. So on the day of Pentecost, there's something more that I know we made Pentecostalism about speaking in tongues. Do you speak in tongues? Do you speak in tongues? It's not about speaking in tongues. It is, but that's not the prim primary point. The primary point is not that you speak in tongues. Let's look at it. Verse, two, verse one, Acts chapter two, verse one, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were together. Someone say together. 
It's, a, it's important that they were together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared on them, or appear, appeared to them, resting on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The, the, the key word is they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues, in, in, in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, say together. And they were bewildered because each one of them, hearing them speaking in their own language, they were confused and bewildered because they could now understand everyone's language or understand what everyone was saying, even though they didn't know the language. That was a together that was happening. It's, it's interesting because what I want to say is that the, ca- the power of, of really the Pentecostal experience is how you come together. It's the togetherness, it's the unity, it's the solidarity, it's the, 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 the house that is, that is so tight together that there is no way that it can fail. Together, someone say it with me, together. I want you to realize the true Pentecostal experience is not about separation, it's not about speaking in tongues, it's not even about the power of the Holy Spirit that did come and all of that came, but it was about coming together. Is about coming together. The church is about coming together. The church is about being together. The house parties are about being together. It's about what we can do together. It's, it's you and I together. As we come together, you put together by yourself, you put a flight 1,000. You guys know that. The Bible says as we agree together, we put the, away 10,000. 10,000 demons will flee from two, but 1,000 from one. Now, what is the importance of together? The power of multiplication is in the together. The power of, of addition is into together. What is the number one strategy of the enemy to try to destroy every covenant? To separate them, to break them apart. If you realize that the power of the church and the power of the Holy Spirit is to try to find out how you can do this together. Amen. So we see this, you know, we go back to a story. This, this, this story comes to mind in Genesis chapter 11 when there is a gathering of together. The first, the first most potent sign of unity in Genesis chapter 11. And these are being called on by a leader called Nimrod. And he is asking them, all of, he's not asking, but he's requiring that all of the people now begin to build a tower to God for war. They're, they're actually going to God and they're going to create a battle between the men and God. And they want to stop. They want to stop God's ruling power. They want to get rid of a theocratic government and they want to establish a government that is ruled under a dictatorship, under communism. Right. Under, did I say that out loud? I did. All right. See, one of the things that you need to recognize is when you, you can know it's communistic and it's a, it's a dictatorship because when Nimrod was telling them to build, he was making them build with bricks. See, bricks are not God's way of building. God never told anyone to build with bricks. God said, go outside of the city, grab a rock and see the shape of it and see how it fits. Don't make it fit. 
make, make sure that what it is is identified and you actually take some time to look at it and see how it fits. It's amazing. Communism wants you to be stuck and exact and everyone look the same and everyone say the same. I'm going to say it and everyone do the same and everyone's exactly the same. But that's not what God's into. God's into seeing your uniqueness. God's into identifying your uniqueness and saying, we have space for you. We have a place for you. We have a use for you. You are not useless because you have a different shape than anyone else. You are more useful because we have to identify that shape and then put it in its right place. The strategy was to make sure everyone is exactly the same if you're going to fit in. I want to know, I want you to know we need to break and the key to breaking that spirit off of the United States, the communistic spirit off of the United States is the church. It's the church. And you don't think, some of you don't think communism is working here in the U.S. It is. It, it, starts, it starts off with socialism. And socialism always starts off with a, with a uh, social associated to it. Social justice. I, I, I want you to get that. You see, you, you, don't, you can get mad at me. It's all right. I'm, 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 I'm fine. But when you, when you push for social justice, you get rid of justice. Because justice is never about what's socially right. It's about what's judicially right. When God wrote his laws, he gave the laws the Ten Commandments. You got to look at me. Look at it. I love it. He gave the Ten Commandments. It wasn't about whether, how, whether or not you thought it was fair or unfair. In the Hebrew word, the Hebrew language, there's no such word as fair which means it's not a real word, it's a made up word. God is about justice. And the moment we make something about social justice is now based upon opinion, not about rule. And you need to know that if you're pushing for social justice, you're going to miss the fact that you're never gonna have the justice that you want because you'll always think that something is unfair. It's not about what's fair, it's about what's just. And what's just is always about what should be right, righteousness. Righteousness and justice are always right. And so when you understand that God has made you a person that should say, this is right or this is wrong, not this is fair. Kids, reach, kids talk about what's fair all the time, but don't know any rules of real life. It's not fair that he has a little extra jelly on his peanut butter. Well, it, it, get some more jelly then. Stop whining about it. Go and get the jelly you want. That's just. But for me to take from them to give to you, that's not just. That's unjust, but we are calling it fair. And we need to stop because we're losing this world under social justice. And if you don't realize, my wife's from Holland. My wife's from Holland. She grew up with what we see now and we think is social justice. It was socialism that led into communism, that leads into communism, that leads into control. And when you realize something's trying to formulate you to be exactly the same, and you have to put your garbage out exactly the same way as everybody else put their garbage out. I'm sorry, I got a, I got a ticket for putting my garbage out <laughs> improperly. Lady went, came out of her truck, looked through my garbage, and started taking bags out of my garbage and put a sticker on it and said, you're going to get canceled if you don't put your... I'm like... What did you find in my garbage that was so intense that you're going to find me? 
What did I do? I still don't know. So if I don't know, guess what I did the next week? I did the same thing. It's amazing. I'm a rule breaker. It's amazing that you get stuck in this little thing. Maybe I want to create artwork with my garbage. So you have to understand that there was a, there was a confinement that Nimrod was putting everyone in, that they had to be exactly the same. God comes down and he says, I, I hear the sound of, sound of something happening in the earth, and I want to see what they're doing. I want to, he comes down and he's attracted to together. He looks and he says, men, the men of the earth and men and women of the earth, they are so powerful. They have, they have the power of unity working for them. Nothing that they put their mind to will ever fail under this kind of unity. Isn't that powerful? He says, if you want to do anything, make anything happen in the world, all you have to do is come together on it. Agree. They're in a, such an agreement that he says it's impossible. They will do the impossible. And he says, I've got to do something in order to stop them from coming up and creating war. And so he doesn't see his name on any of it, and he does something. The Bible says he confused them. Now, you have to understand that the word confused, that's not the same word that we use. It's not the English word confused. It's the word he added languages to them. Someone say added. What's really important is that God never subtracts. He's always adding or multiplying. So if he confuses you, he gives you too many options. He takes you over to, he takes you over to the Cheesecake Factory and opens up a menu. How many of you realize that the biggest confusion is not when you don't have a lot of options. The biggest confusion is when you have too many options. And you're like, I always go to the same page in the Cheesecake Factory and order the same thing, even though I have a million different other articles that I can order. Why? Because I'm trying to get past the confusion. So God doesn't confuse you by taking things from you. God confuses you by giving you opportunities. The, this word actually means to overflow with oil, to add so much oil that you don't know what to do with yourself, that you're overwhelmed. How many of you ever been overwhelmed? Have you ever been overwhelmed? You don't, you're not overwhelmed because you're a minimalist. You're overwhelmed because you are not a minimalist. You have too much to look at. So what God did is he added. That adding made them go, where are these languages? You, what are you speaking over there? What are you? And they started to, again, you can't change the nature of humanity, which is to gather around what you hear, what you understand. So they start to gather around what they understood. Does it make sense? So you have those that speak this language, those that speak this language, and they gather to their languages. And what's really interesting, we are still gathering to our languages. Well, see, I I may speak Nike, you may speak Reebok, you may speak Adidas, right? The fact is, is brands are now gatherings of languages. There's a whole neuroscience that I study about how language, um, the new new gathering places around brands is because it speaks a certain language. It tells you you're a certain kind of person. I'm a Mac user, you're a PC. (laughs) Tells you something about, right? Well, at least you think so. Apple and Android. So you have to understand the fact is, is there is this gathering that has taken place. When the day of Pentecost happened, they were all still gathering in their languages. You tracking with me? 
These were Christians. These were Armenians. These were this, this, and they could all hear each other. But what was really now bringing confusion to them is now on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and came upon them. Now they could understand people that they couldn't understand before. That's the power of Pentecost. Now I can understand you, even though I don't understand your language, I can understand you. The power of being able to go to the next level is not compromising, but the power of understanding is the the key to go to the next level. We are trying to understand each other by making each other form to our ways and compromising. I'm here to tell you the real Pentecostal experience is I am now able to supersede what I would want you to compromise, and now I can understand you because of who you are, because God has empowered me by changing my mind, changing my heart, and changing my life. Now I'm not going to prejudge you Now I'm going to be able to really see you. Know no man after the flesh, the Bible says. So you're not going to be stuck on the flesh. I love this church because of the different colors in this room. That means in order for a church to come together like this, you have to be able to understand. But can I tell you something? Multicultural churches don't grow as fast as other churches. You guys aren't wanting to hear that. It's okay. Because even secretively, a person who is not baptized with the Holy Spirit is, has certain prejudice within them. And we need a Pentecostal church that will break off the prejudice and the prejudgment and get rid of that stuff. You can, Don't get quiet. Say amen here. And get rid of that so that we can really be able to move forward in what the kingdom of God is about. The kingdom of God is about breaking people free and breaking chains off of captives. All right, so, so we know that what he did on the day of Pentecost is he reversed a curse. Some of you are going to have curses reversed in your life today. Things that have been holding you back, things that have been hindering you, those curses are going to be broken. Things that, are going, that have been moderate uh, successes that should have been great successes are going to be returned to you. Curses are being broken because the Pentecost experience is about breaking off curses. It's about breaking off limitation, breaking off resistance and restriction. And when you understand that God wants you to do that, you'll understand that he wants to bring this this specific word in your life is the word and. And. You and I. I haven't haven't met you yet, but when when we connect, there's going to be a connection between you and I. Because it's now not just me, it's you and and God wants you to have an end in whatever you do in life. When I, I coach a lot of business people. I coach them from, from whatever level to another level. I, that's my business. I spend time coaching people out of, out of, to greater levels of success. And the, one of the things that I, I'm always pushing is for them to believe for more. Get a bigger house. Okay, that's okay. You, that's, you can still have an eye in getting a bigger house. But when I say, I want you now to make 250000 or $500,000 a year or a million dollars a year, I'm pushing them, and they think I'm just trying to get a number to them. But I'm not trying to get a number to them because I know in order for me to take a person from making $250,000 a year to making $500,000 a year, they have to have and on their life. You can't make a half a million dollars or a million dollars a year without involving other people. You have to bring other people along with you. So if you want to, if, if I want to make you a person who really grows in life, I need to make you a person who knows how to bring other people with you. Yeah. 
You can't have the kind of success you really want with you. You have to build a team around it. Say amen for me. So when you have this idea that and is the key to my success, having you in my life is the key to my success. Why do, why do you connect with, with, with Pastor, why are you connecting with Pastor Philip? Phil? It's because when I heard from my friend, Rex Crane, you need to meet Pastor Phil. You need to connect with him. I think, you, I think you, it'll be a blessing. Not just a blessing to him, but a blessing to me. Well, how many of you know when you, when you find an opportunity to build an and, build a connection, you don't know all the circumstances that are there because there's going to be circumstances that unfold as you start to build this covenant relationship. It's about deeper things and having an end. I'm telling you here that it's important that you get it together in your life. I need to do this with you. I need to be a part of your life. I need to help you and you need to help me. We're going to have a covenant relationship. We're going to get rid of the thing where I'm only going to be, I'm going to use your gift and square you off so that I can use you and put you in a box and put you in a category. Now, and then you're in the category of this. And no, I got to get rid of that communistic spirit. And I need to bring who you are and every kind of facet you are. Can you imagine building a wall with, with different forms of, of rocks and stones? And looking, I, we have in our, one, of our, one of our backyards, we have this, this, this rock formation. It's all built of just random rocks. And, I, and, and every, you know, our kids used to play on, and the, the, the rock would fall, and I have to go out and try to f- put it back together. And I'm like, I had no idea how they built this wall. So I just leave it. I'm like, would someone do this? When you're unique and you're working on the end, it means that you've got to take the time to try to understand that person. The Bible says that if you and I, if we live together, we need to understand each other. Dwell with each other with understanding. You know why most marriages don't work, 60% in the world? is because they're not trying to understand. They're just trying to be understood. When you stop trying to be understood and you start trying to understand, then things will transform in your life. It's amazing how much we fight for everything and we don't fight for with each other for something. And on the, on the day of Pentecost, and I'm going to finish, I'm going to, I'm going to cut this short because I, I, think, I think we're getting our point. On the day of Pentecost, in that weekend, the Jews are coming together and they're reading the book of Ruth. That's what they read, the book of Ruth. I thought, why are they reading the book of Ruth and all of the books to read? Why on the day of Pentecost? The book of Ruth doesn't seem like it has anything to do with laws or anything, but they're reading the book of Ruth. And, and, and what's really interesting is this, this one of the scriptures. Can I read a scripture in Ruth? Ruth chapter 1, verse 15. It says, and this is Ruth uh, talking with Naomi and Naomi talking to Ruth. And this is, the, this is it. Uh, and she said... Your sister-in-law has gone back to, this is Orpah, Orpah has gone back to her people and her God. Return after her. Go with your sister-in-law back to your people. Verse 16, and Ruth said, do not urge me to leave, to leave you or to return from you, from following you. For where you go, I will go, 
And where you lodge, I will lodge, and your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God. You know, it's interesting because I studied Hebrew. You find out that Hebrew words mean something in the Bible. They're just not there. And Hebrew names are especially important. And the name of Orpah means means the back of your neck. That literally this is how Orpah is seen in the Bibles, as she's seen walking away. She's not seen walking too. Ruth's name is, is to be a friend, to make a friendship connection, to stick closer, right, than a brother, to make a friend. The, the reason they're reading during the day of Pentecost, this is because they want people to have in their mind, I'm going to stick closer than a brother. I'm not going to walk away. You're not going to see the back of my head. I'm committed to this relationship. Come on, I'm committed to this. Do you know, you know there, there's, there's no book in the Bible that uses the word and more than Ruth. Ruth, Ruth listen, listen, let me give you some stats here. In, in the Torah, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. There's 248 columns in, of, of, the, of Torah scroll. And, and one letter appears more than any other in these columns. You know, so we see the Bible columns, these columns, the word N, which is, the, is a letter Vav. The word in Vav is also a hook. So <laughs> I'm hooking you in, right? I'm, I'm hooking you in. I'm, I'm pulling you in. See, what God wants from the Pentecostal church is not that we can just speak in tongues and be divided. It's so that we can be hooked in. And be connected. That God wants and listen. And in the book of in the book of Ruth, the book of Ruth, sixty five percent of the verses in the book of Ruth start with and. This book is about and, and God wants us to think. If you're in my church, don't think them. Think us. If you're in the church, don't think that. Think us. When we understand it's about us, it's about how you're doing. If you're not doing well, I'm not doing well. Oh, church, if we can get this, we will change the world. Because the Bible tells us if you have this kind of unity, there's nothing that's impossible. I don't know if I can help. I don't know if I can. I don't know. Well, I don't know if I. I don't know if I. Who are we talking about again? I just, I just, you know, I just don't know. It's still about I. You need to get the I out and get the and in. When you can have an and in your relationship, it will transform your world. It'll transform your life. And when we realize that God's intention is for you and I to have such a, 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 a transformative, life-changing experience, and it's not going to be individual. It's not isolated. The enemy loves for you to be on your own. He wants you to be isolated. But what we need in this day and age is we need to add and. There's going to be three opportunities in your life with three kinds of people. The Bible says, if we go back here in Acts chapter 2, and I'm finishing off, I, I, I want you to just look at these, these, these three verses with me. Acts chapter 2, verse 7. And it says, and they were amazed and astonished. The first kind of relationship you're going to have is someone that is amazed. This revival, we're stepping into revival. There's going to be people that are amazed. They're going to be amazed by it. 
And they're astonished by it. That means they're going to be attracted to it. They're going to want to come nearer. They're like, oh, this is amazing. I want, I want more. It's like people saying, I want, I want to sow into what God's doing in the church. I want to sow into, they're going to be amazed by it. Then in verse, if we drop down to verse 12, it's in, there's a second kind of person. This person is amazed and perplexed. They're amazed and confused. They're not amazed and confused because they don't understand. They're amazed and confused because now they understand. You're going to have people that just don't understand why they understand. They're going to be, there's going to be people that are amazed. They're like, this is amazing, but I just, I just don't even know how to get into it. I just, I don't know. It's, you know, it's, it's weird. You guys speaking in tongues and falling out and people getting healed. That's just, I've been around that. People are like amazed by it, but they're afraid of it because you have to actually buy into it. You have to make a connection. And then the last part, the last one is, is verse 13, but others mocking. When you give yourself to the end life, there's going to be people that mock. And you, it's, it's okay. Haters are going to hate, right? You have to actually let them hate and realize you're not the person I'm supposed to end with. Is that all right? I am here if you stop mocking. But if you're mocking, I can't give myself to that. The church has defiled itself trying to appease mockers. Well, we need to be going for those that are amazed. Those that are amazed and astonished, those that are amazed and perplexed, that they can now experience the fullness of God. I want to surround myself with people that are hungry. How many of you want to surround yourself with people that are hungry? I want to surround myself with people who want to do something big in life, that aren't just regular, just, just trying to fit in. If you're just trying to fit in, you are never going to bring the fullness of your gifts. We need your gifts to be if your gift is exactly mine, then you don't need to fit in. You just need to watch me. But I know your gifts are not exactly as mine. I know you have different gifts and different talents, and you have get different abilities. And we want those. We want them all to come out. I, I walk around, and I'll go to, you know, we'll probably stop at the mall somewhere. And if I have a chance, I'll talk to young people, and, I, and I'll just ask them this question. Said, what is your passion? What are you into? That's my question. What do you, what's your passion? What are you into? I don't know. Why don't you know? Ah, you know. Because people are afraid to be unique. People are afraid to be themselves. People are afraid to, because they don't think that there's going to be an and in it, and that the only and is going to be when I am so conformed to what you will accept. And we're losing a generation of young people because they are afraid to step out and be different. And we need to get past that. We, we, we have people that, that literally... I work with lots of churches around the world and we, I see this, I see churches gathering with people who understand and look the same. They all look the same. The same little brick. You know, I'm holding a brick here. Same little brick. Come to this, you're, 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 you're this kind of brick. You can fit in here. I hope this church never becomes a brick church. I hope this, I hope this church becomes a church where everyone's unique celebrated and you'll be found and you'll be seen and you'll be recognized and you'll be called to action with who you are i feel like you know i i know that this is a different message for a traveling speaker coming in but i'm not here just as a traveling speaker i'm here to help grow this church i come in as a builder i don't come in as hey my one-off preach i probably will never preach this anywhere else uh in a in a traveling setting 
I preached this for my church. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to preach for Passion Life? He says, preach, preach the power of Pentecost, the power of and. I said, that's a weird message for this church. But you're up to something. I feel like this church is getting ready to grow. I feel like this church is getting ready to explode and expand. I feel like you're going you're gonna to change lives. And, and, and I want to have more speaking in tongues. And I want you to fall out. And I want the power of God. And I want everything to be healed in you. But what I want most of all when I leave here, I want you to bring your aunt to church next week. Not your aunt. <laughs> your aunt. I'm here, pastor. What do you need? I'm here, pastor. What do you need? I'm here, leaders. What do you need? Recognize my gift. Recognize my talent. We're not going to beat you up. We're going to build you up. The reason you have all of these all of these workshops and opportunities to grow is because you have leaders that look for the end in you. And they're looking for an opportunity to grow you. And they're looking for an opportunity to build you, not to change you. Of course, we all need to change. I'm not saying your behavior is perfect. Every believer needs behavior modification. Come on. That's why we got saved. Because we can hardly handle ourselves. You're okay as long as you can handle yourself. But if you mess with other people's lives, that's fine. But when you can't handle yourself, that's when you need salvation. That's why I said amen. I needed Jesus because I was, I, was I was tired of me. So we all need behavior modification. That's, no, that's, not a, that's not an issue. But what I want most, and I do believe that these words of knowledge, the, the, the problems that were called out earlier are taken care of. But can I just release the spirit of unity? What my assignment today is release the spirit of unity, to release the spirit of solidarity, to release the spirit of and, that you would be, that you would be seen one thing when a person visits a church, you know what the number one thing is? Is they walk in and the first thing that they're going, the first eight seconds walking into a church, they're thinking, is there anybody that's like me here? And you know what we do as pastors is we try to make everybody like the one kind of person we're attracted to. But I want people to walk into this church the way I felt is, oh, everybody's like me because we're all different. Come on. I walked in going, yeah, this is great for me. We need to know that this is the place where we come and we are healthy together. Do you receive the word today? I know I yelled at you. I know I've, I confronted stuff. But the fact is, is passion life is going to have a bigger end in this season because we are a Pentecostal church. Not because we speak in tongues. Not because we see signs and wonders, but because we have a greater unity than any other church in this region. Not because we're just alike. Not because we all have the same car, the same house, live in the same community, look the same, and do our hair the same. No, we're all different. And that, to bring unity around that is more powerful because we have to bring unity around language, not unity around what, looks, what we look like on the outside. Not where we live but because we speak the same language. And God himself said, that is the most powerful thing there is in the earth, is to have someone who speaks the same language and gather around that. Now that he broke the confusion of too many languages and brought us under one language, which is the Pentecostal language, now we don't have to worry about, I don't understand you. Amen? Now we don't have to go, say that again. We let the spirit of discernment come in. We let the revelation that says, I'm for you. I'm not against you. I will take as long as I need to understand you.
because I'm here to understand you. Because if I understand you, I know how we can have an and together. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.